Swim check one, two. Bike check one, two. Run check one, two. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Nishanda Shines. Well, welcome back to another edition of Tribe Beginners Luck. Yes, I'm still overwhelmed. We're in December. Not really, but we are for today. So just go with me. But we're doing this a little bit earlier because I have a special guest who's expecting some major miracles this year. And so December has been set up as a time that we celebrate with families this season. And so the objective is I want to bring up families who try together um, and just give you the story from a family perspective, you know, to get you encouraged, to get you and your family encouraged to try together. But this family, you've heard of them before, I'm quite sure. However, um, this guest has been on the show earlier in season two during Women's History Month. Okay, I'm giving you some hints. I get it. But this family is a family that literally has tried together and supported one of the most famous triathletes in the world. And they are coming today to talk about how they've supported this triathlete as well as a book that is out. What? Yes. Okay. I didn't think I was going to say it, but I am because that's who I am and I have to be me at all times. But yes, I get to welcome back to Try Beginners Luck, my BFF, Gwen Jorgensen and her family, my mom, Nancy Jorgensen and sister Elizabeth Jorgensen. Hi, family. Hello. Hello. This is mom. I'm here. Yay. Yay. Don't worry. Well, we're just glad to see everyone here. So let's just talk about what it's been like through the years. Um, you guys have been an active family from a standpoint of um, white water rafting, getting stuck in white water raftings, hiking. You're just an active family. What has it been like through the years um, to, what has it been like through the years of just growing up and doing the things that you guys love to do? Um, you know, when we, when my, when I look back at those early years, when the girls were younger, we had no idea there was going to be an Olympian in the family. And so I feel like we were just, we were like every family in the neighborhood. Um, we thought school was important. We practiced spelling words. Um, and then after school, you know, we, we took the girls to church and they did first communion and confirmation and we made sure they did a sport and we made sure they did a music. And so they each played violin. Um, but I feel like we were just like every other family and we just happened to have this talented little kid in our, <laughs> in our group that um, found what she loved and then pursued it and was devoted to it and just took it all the way. But not just found what she loved, she found what she loved at an early age and was very adamant about participating in sport. Talk about that. 
Um, she was, she, you know, I have, I have a several stories and she will not um, disagree of me driving her to orchestra in downtown Milwaukee. And almost the whole way there, she was telling me that we actually should be in the pool, not in the car on the way to orchestra. <laughs> and that if I was going to insist that we go to orchestra, then I was also going to have to find time to drive her to the YMCA so she could make up for her swim time. So yes, she was devoted to it and she was, she really, I mean, I think she learned good skills in advocating for herself. You know, at the time I was probably irritated that she was telling me I had to find time to go to the YMCA, but in reality, she was advocating for herself and telling me what she needed in order to be a successful person. And I, I think looking back, I think those were all really valuable things. I bet. Elizabeth, I want you to add in on a little bit on this. Yeah. I mean, I remember Gwen just being, like mom was saying, obsessed with swimming. That's really all that she wanted to do. And I I had a more balanced approach to life. I wanted to hang out with my friends. I wanted to socialize. And Gwen was just very singularly focused on her passion. But then like mom was saying, you know, that as a family, we still did things like hike and bike and, you know, do just family stuff that would push Gwen to find time for other things as well. You know, Elizabeth, I, I feel like you and you and I, we definitely resonate. It's the social aspect, you know, being able to hang out with our friends, whereas Gwen was like, um, excuse me, practice swim because I need to be able to run down this person after I tell them congratulations like who does that okay Gwen what is your take on it they're telling your side of the I mean their side of the story but what's your side of the story what would you say they hit the nail on the head I mean I was a very stubborn kid who loved swimming and you know my mom talked about how I was very talented and yes I was good at swimming and had some talent but you know I did not I was not good enough to get a scholarship in swimming so I was good and and good in our town of Waukesha Wisconsin but I wasn't nationally good I wasn't making junior olympics or anything like that and I think you know one of the big reasons we wrote this book uh, that's for young adults in to tell our story and to tell what it was like for me growing up is like, I put a lot of hard work in and yes, I was, I had some talent, but I, I wasn't this like, even when I was in, you know, grade school, middle school, no one thought I would go to the Olympics. So it was just somebody who had a passion and worked hard. There it is. And so this book, which is one of the reasons why we have you on, because we want to share it, it's for young adults and actually anyone. I have uh, had an opportunity to read it and I'm learning so many different tips from it. And so, and the book that we're all here for today is Gwen Jorgensen, USA's first Olympic gold medal triathlete, a story of risk and goals, disappointments and rewards. So listen, this season, oh my gosh. I just had like a whole light bulb moment. This season has been about overcoming and we've heard from so many um, athletes and about how they've overcome this year. And so to, to get here to this moment, to hear Gwen talk about um, a lot of her first in the, in season two, and to come back now in this season of overcoming with this book, this is like Christmas early and it is a treat and it's a gift and 
I just say, everyone go out and get the book. Okay. So let's talk about what was the desire behind the book? What made you guys want to write this book? There's not a lot of biographies for young adults that about young adults, um, for young adults that can read it in school. And so, you know, there's a lot of male autobiographies. And so they're just, you know, if a kid has a biography book report, we wanted to have some female influences in that space. And it's something that, um, you know, my mom and sister have wrote other books and they're just really great writers. And so I'm very thankful that um, they were able to create this to hopefully inspire young women and to let them know that there are women out there who work hard, who fail, who overcome and can be successful. And I think um, we wouldn't have had the inspiration to do it if it if Gwen hadn't had the passion to inspire young people. You know, even while she was at the highest levels of competition, she was um, giving her time at the boys and girls clubs and doing other, you know, establishing a scholarship for younger people. And I think because she had that passion about helping the next generation, the idea came to us that this might be one way to do that. I love it. So it's three writers, three different personalities. Yes, your family, but listen, if you know, I know anything about families, there were some heated moments. Let's, let's get down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> Everyone is smiling. So what was it like to write the book with three different personalities coming together for one common goal? Well, mom, I always had the perfect tone and I was always really patient. And then you were the one that gave us a lot of problems. Is that what you remember too? <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> I think it adds a really good perspective of having those different personalities and, and, you know, coming together and just kind of viewing one thing, but from different perspectives. And I think we've, you know, through writing the book, but also even before writing the book, we have come to a point where each one of us has different strengths. And I think we 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 respect each other for those strengths. I mean, Gwen clearly <laughs> has a strength for running and swimming and biking, and but also for inspiring young people. And I feel like Elizabeth is really creative and she has some great just conceptual ideas of where things should go. And uh, you know, I'm kind of detail oriented. I feel like I see all the little things that we could make better. And, um, I, you know, I, there really, there really weren't a lot of heated moments, even if there was, I can't even think of one to tell you the truth, but, um, right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we worked collaboratively, um, electronically. Um, and then, you know, we would have assignments. So I would call Gwen and say, okay, you need to write a letter to a reader, or you need to write a letter to yourself and sort of, you know, so we kind of like what mom was saying, we would delegate and then we'd also come back and collaborate and reread and then give suggestions. Um, and then Gwen was also really instrumental in helping us get the foreword from Rich Roll. And we were really thankful for him and his words and his time and believing in the project as well. I think, you know, we all do have different personalities, but Elizabeth and mom are both teachers. So I think that really helped in this whole process. They're very good with, as you said, like delegating, giving tasks, and we all kind of know each other. And, you know, growing up in a family, obviously there aren't 
perfect moments all the time, but we love each other. And I think it's really easy to communicate because we know what we all need and how we communicate best. I love it. And it's good to know that. And of course, making the joke, but you know, when you see the families, if you're on a watching a movie, especially like a Lifetime movie or something like that, it's like, it's always drama. And then it's this beautiful thing at the end. And so <laughs> I just wanted to see what it was like. Um, and with your training, having to dedicate the time to write, take care of your son and husband and be a good, you know, just be there for your family. Like that seems to be a lot of pressure. So how did you balance it all? Yeah, I think uh, mom and Elizabeth were probably wishing I would be a little more responsive and, and quick sometimes, but they knew that they were very understanding, knew that I had a lot going on and they didn't put a deadline on me ever. Um, they just nudged little reminders and, um, you know, it was something that I was passionate about too. And I think a lot of times if you're passionate about something, you make time for it. So uh, yeah, it was, you know, it's something that I enjoyed doing. So it was just coming easy. Okay. The book is in process of being written. Elizabeth is probably the creative one I hear was telling about the stories. And in the book, there's some places. What made you design the book in a way that will that broke up the stories. I think that's going to be interesting for any reader who reads it to figure out why you broke up the stories the way you did in order to get to the final, you know, elements. Yeah, there's two narratives that happen concurrently. And mom, yeah, why don't you explain it? Oh, well, when we had this idea to write this book, we were wondering, you know, we'd never written a, a book for young people for middle grade or young adult. And so we wondered what, what kind of books were out there. And we did a lot of research. And and that was part of how we found out that there weren't a whole bunch of books on female athletes. Um, but we did find this one really cool book about Amelia Earhart. And they used the same idea of, you know, Amelia on this flight and then, and we all know what happens in the flight, but then the flashbacks to how she got to, to be in this plane and, and what happened before. And um, we were, we were just inspired. We thought, well, the, the Gwen story lent itself to that kind of format where we could be at the Olympic race in 2016 and you could see that race evolve, but then go back in time and see what got her there. Well, I loved it. So let's, let's give a, a little bit of previews. I think sometimes previews help to get wet people's appetite a bit. And so the first story I think I want to highlight is hitting the water for the first time and winning your first uh, ribbon. Because, you know, when your swim meets back in the day, for those who have been on the swim team before, they don't give medals out. You get these little ribbons that if you tear a little string, it just keeps raveling up and then it's really nothing. So tell us about your first experience. And then um, if you guys can kind of ch chime in about what it was like for you during that moment back in time. Yeah, I, you know, my first ribbon is something that you know, as a kid, it's, it's very important. I even see my son when he got his first medal at a race and it's just, it means something and it's very significant and it doesn't matter if you actually won the race or not. Um, you know, like winning the heat, um, is something that is really exciting and motivating. And I think for me, I saw, wow, like if you keep 
doing things, you can improve and you can get these rewards. And that was something that initially was, was exciting for me. And you just love swimming. Like you had had all these experiences at grandma's pool and then you saw some flyer at school for the optimist club. And then you went and, you know, it just unfolded from there where the people running the meet said, oh, and we also have the Waukesha Express team and then you could join. And, you know, it just, it unfolded, I think really organically as it does for most little kids, you know, where do you hear about things? Well, at school. And then you try it out and then you join a team. And so as the big sister, Elizabeth, what was it like for you? Like what activities were you in? And did you feel like at any given time there was you that you couldn't really do all the activities that you wanted to do? Like, what was that like as well? I was just hoping nobody was going to make me swim. Like I was <laughs> terrified to put my head underwater. I did. I was not diving. No way. I'm not getting on that block. Like that to me, I was just Yep. I'll cheer for Gwen all day long. Just don't make me get in the pool. So, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and yeah. Elizabeth was a great sport. To be fair, we, you know, as my career went on, not career, cause I was so little, but, um, you know, through middle school, high school, I felt like we would plan family vacations around my swimming. It would be, is there a pool where we're going? There needs to be a pool where I'm going. And so I was very particular and I was very thankful that I had a sister um, who would go along with that. And, you know, we, we found things that would work for everyone. And it continues to this day. Like even when we plan (laughs) now trips, it's around races, but it's fun. You get to see cities that you would never see. And it's also time with people that you enjoy. Yes. There's nothing better than a racecation. I never heard that. It's amazing. Especially when you don't have to race. That is just the perfect vacation. (laughs) What I really also love, and I I hear this, Gwen, is your, when we are born, we are pretty much born with all of the things that we need to be successful with in life, right? Like we're given that. It's a gift to us that we didn't even ask for. It's a gift that we didn't know we would need. But what I hear is just, your mentality was so different than most young people at a very early age. It was like, you were determined. You was like, this is what I want to do. So you were, you were born for gold medal. Like you were (laughs) born for gold before you even knew. And it's like the evolution of going through and overcoming all the things that you overcame in order to like, see that, like when you look back on your life now, and I don't know if you reflect often, cause sometimes people don't want to go back too far to the past, but it just seems like everything that you had to go through was all worth it. You know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And you know, I think a lot about like, do I have any regrets? And I don't really, I have no regrets in my life. And when you read the book, you know, you'll see that I probably, a lot of people I think judged me and said like, I shouldn't have swam so long. I should have started running sooner. I should have started triathlon sooner. I should have done all these things. But to me, every experience that I had taught me something. I, you know, worked so hard at swimming and wasn't successful compared to running or triathlon. And then, you know, I, I joined a track team and I saw some immediate success. And, but I also knew what the other side of that was when you worked so hard and didn't see that success. And, you know, coming back to the, to the mental side of it, my sister and I have talked a lot about this, just how we come from the same genes and it's not necessarily, you know, that my lungs are bigger than my sister's. It's a lot that like my sister just, she says, and I, I'm, 
putting words in your mouth, but you've said this, that you just don't want to hurt that bad. And like, I love that hurt. I love that suffering. Yes. You can put those words in my mouth. I do not want to feel pain. (laughs) I don't want to push myself. (laughs) And that's fair. Like, I really appreciate you saying that because sometimes people feel bad that they don't want to push themselves. Whereas other people are like, I thrive on this pain and you just got to be true to you and know where you fit into the mix. But I want to talk about, because the season is a, this season is a season where we're talking about overcoming, even in your formative years, you had to overcome in an instance where you got hurt. Yes. What was that like? And th- okay, I'm gonna just stop there because I want to go into another part, but let's just stop there because what was that like? Well, it's probably miserable for my mom and sister because I couldn't swim. Um, I broke my arm and just I was cranky. I all I wanted to do was swim and I couldn't. And I remember begging for a waterproof cast and all these things. And, um, you know, it was not enjoyable. I was forced on the sideline, and that's like anything in life that we do, especially in sport, there's going to be times when you're forced to be on the sidelines. And from a very early age, I was injured and and had to take that break, which was, it was difficult for me, but I think it taught me to be patient. It also taught me when I came back that, oh, you don't like lose everything. Like it can come back. And uh, I also had a friend who really helped me through that, who was on the swim team as well. Yes, yeah, she did. And what I thought, what I really loved is that they were so supportive and wanting to just get you back out there. They were like, hey, listen, we'll get you back there. And you guys had like this little pack. Do you remember what that pack was? Like, who? well, the people, you know, Katie, Allison, Tristan, and all, but the pact with Katie was that um, she wasn't going to move up groups without me. And so she waited while I had a broken arm and she was definitely ready to go to the next level, but she waited for me. And that was something that really taught me a lot about friendship. Would you have done the same thing for Katie? (laughs) (laughs) Don't, don't ask me that. We don't know. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I I have no idea. But that's a good question. It is a good question. question. It's, you know, but I think it's something that, you know, Katie was a, is a lifelong friend. She actually just, I'm pregnant right now. Um, do any second baby will be here by the time this podcast comes out. But, um, Katie just had her second child as well. And so like, we're very close still. And, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's something that is pretty special for a friend to do that. Well, that's one of the amazing things too, about team sports, Uh, you know, that the people that you meet and not only your teammates, but also your coaches and all of those people who are really foundational in your, your development. Exactly. Yes. And swimming is often not viewed as a team sport, but there are relays and there are instances like that where you, even in an individual sport, you form these bonds that are similar to a a team sport. Oh, yes, you do. What I also love is that, you know, when you're young, you don't really care about what you eat, what you do. But y'all, even in her young age, Gwen and her friends were determined to do a couple of things right. Do you remember what those things were? Well, I remember doing some things wrong. Like we would, uh, during taper week, we would try not to eat candy, but then the meat would start and we'd immediately shove all the sugar in our face before the races, um, which was just hilarious to me looking back. But yeah, we were, you know, very thought out and thought like, okay, well, what can we do to 
to be our best? And then where can we get this little edge? And that was something that was on my mind from a very young age that I learned from my, my teammates and coaches. And she took her tapers seriously. She would, it, it was oftentimes in the fall and we were trying to get the girls one time to do some yard work, like get a rake and help us rake the leaves. And Gwen said, oh no, my coach said, I have, I'm on a taper. There's no way I can rake leaves. I have to just take it easy right now. I, I still to this day love that excuse. <laughs> oh. I love that. But even, you know, we talk a lot in the first season about your husband, Patrick, being such a great cook. And even when you were younger, that was something that you guys were thinking about. It was like, we're going to make sure that we eat well, that we practice hard, that we, um, um, you know, that we always like do our best. And occasionally we can have ice cream because it has calcium in it. And so it's a part of the food groups. And it's just like, who was thinking about broccoli in third grade? Because I mean- <laughs> That's a good thing. But I, I just really appreciated that. And there was an instance when you were kind of transitioning into your running career and you had been asked to run a mile and wasn't believed that you could really run that fast. Now, what did that make you feel like in that moment? Because I think sometimes to not be believed is a thing that, you know, a lot of children have to go through. And so what would you like tell, because, you know, this audience obviously are parents who may have children. How would you, what would you tell them now looking back on that? And then Nancy, how would you encourage that? Because you had some really, some words of wisdom that you shared with Gwen about that. You can go. Yeah, that was a long time ago. That was what, like fourth grade, maybe mom? Yeah, I think it was for, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and I just remember being so mad and mom, you can, you can tell us what your, uh, advice is or was. Well, I, you know, I mean, as an adult, I'd lived through things like that. And as a teacher, I, I see, I saw kids every day and, you know, life isn't fair and teachers make mistakes. I, I made mistakes in the classroom. I said things I wished I hadn't said. I, I, you know, had made judgments about my students that I look back and think, well, you know, I should have thought through that better. And I just tried to tell Gwen that, you know, it, um, everybody makes mistakes and that's probably what happened. And, you know, you just go on, you go to the next day and do your best the next time. Now, fast forward to 2022. Parents will be up there in teachers' faces like, you told my child. I'm being over-dramatizing it. <laughs> but that's the reality now. It's like parents go overboard versus teaching kids the valuable lesson of mistakes and giving people grace. Because we all need that at some time. And it's just like, give, give what you would want if this was you on the other, if the shoe was on the other foot. It's simple mathematics to me, but. Maybe and I think mom was also trying to empower Gwen to say, you can only control you. And tomorrow, when you go back to that gym class, try again and show the teacher what you can do. You know what I mean? Like giving that to her kind of what you were alluding to at the beginning of this conversation that advocating for yourself sometimes is words, but it's also sometimes showing up and doing the right thing again. Love it. I'm jumping around a bit because that's the way my mind works. And so... I want to talk about, since this is Try Beginner's Luck, what was it like 
when Gwen did her very first triathlon ever? And how did the family come around and support even when they didn't know probably what was going on? I don't even know if I knew what was going on at the time. <laughs> but, you know, I think my family has always, they've always shown up for me. And that's, I think, a big theme in the in the book as well is just doesn't matter if I'm winning, if I'm losing what I'm doing, they're always supportive of, of what it, what I'm doing. And so, yeah, you guys came to that first race in Claremont and tell us a little bit about your perspective. Well, I was thinking about the first race in Pewaukee, the super sprint, oh. <laughs> but she did a, Gwen did a, a very short sprint uh, with her friend from high school. I think you were actually in high school or maybe you just graduated. Yep. And she borrowed my mountain bike and she, you and your friend um, made this promise that they'd waited for each other at the end of each leg. So I think you probably swam and you waited for Maggie and then you ran or you, then you biked and Maggie definitely had to wait for you. <laughs> yep. And then they ran together and basically tied. And so that was kind of the first time you'd ever really done a triathlon. Um, and I guess I also want to say, you know, it sounds like we're very, the family is all focused on Gwen's um, activities and we show up for her and we did, but we also showed up for Elizabeth's events. You know, we went to her basketball games and her cross country races and. And those um, were much less exciting because I was never in the top anything. You're like, like, when is she coming around the corner? <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, that's, that's part of it. It's, it's just, we we're there for, for each person. And that Claremont one, do I remember, did we have like a flat tire or something? There was a car issue. Yes. Yes. We rented a car and we had to call the, the rental company because it died. And Gwen was panicky that we weren't going to get to the race on time. And, um, but we, we got it figured out. Yeah. I just want to say is that very unusual for me to be, when I was little, I was always panicky about being on time, but dad and Elizabeth and mom, they get to my races so darn early. I'm like, stop, you guys aren't going to miss anything. You're just wasting two hours of your life sitting in the stands. So um, that's something else that's very unique. I think about our family is they're always early. It's and not wasting time. Missing things. What are we going to do? Like sit in the <laughs> hotel and wait? It's much more exciting to be in the front row, getting your signs ready. Well, and it gives Elizabeth these great Snapchat opportunities to, <laughs> to to take a picture of my husband, who he's the one he 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 used to complain about Gwen getting to places early, but he it's very much like him to do the very same thing. And so Elizabeth just takes pictures of him sitting all by himself, the lone <laughs> spectator in the stand, waiting for Gwen to start the race. Quality uh, content. <laughs> it is. That is so cool. Like, you know, to see this banter back and forth, this is what it's all about, you know, just reminiscing and sharing good stories and, you know, just people getting a opportunity to have a front seat for just a moment if they're listening to it, a front you know, audio experience into your family's life and how things are going. And, and you're right, um, Nancy, about um, thank you for pointing out that you did support Elizabeth because yes, we are focused on Gwen. And although she is Gwen Jorgensen, there is also Elizabeth Jorgensen. And so having to find that balance and being the big sister, you know, of an Olympic gold medalist, what does that feel like? Because oftentimes it's, I, know, I can tell there was no sibling rivalry, which I admire, but sometimes you have to feel like, man, am I being left out? Like, what was that for you? 
I really never felt like I was being left out, but I think part of that's my personality. I just like shove myself in so I could never be left out. Um, and I, I love track and field. I learned to love triathlon. Um, I'm, I'm a real fan of not only Gwen, but also the sport. And so I think that that helped too, but you, you made a face Gwen. You think there's sibling rivalry? Well, as a kid, I just remember us fighting over a pair of pants once. Oh, well, yes, of course. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yes, that has to be. You have to fight over clothes and yes. shoes. And I'm surprised. Did, did anyone ever go into mom's makeup and try to bum rush her makeup? But I don't wear makeup. And Elizabeth, you didn't really either back then. No. None of us do. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. That was just me. Anyway. <laughs> Don't let me put my stuff on you, project project my things on you anyway. But no, I think that's good. And thank you for sharing, Elizabeth, um, because I think that's important too, just for people to have a holistic perspective. Um, And you know this, you've been talking about how like doing try as a family. And I think our, our family is very unique in the sense that I may be the only one competing, but Elizabeth gets really into it, you know, knows all the people is there showing up is the super fan. And, uh, same with mom and dad, like they, they learn about it and they learn about the sport and they get out there and, you know, mom, actually, I remember was like, I'm, I'm inspired to do a couch to 5k. And so I think there's all these different avenues to have your family do triathlon. And there's not just going out and competing. There's all these other different ways to get involved as well. Well, and I, I'm thinking of the races that were um, that inspired the um, extended family to come together. Um, my husband is one of nine children. And so when Gwen competed close to home, that drew a lot of these nine people back to town. They all came to Chicago. There was this huge extended family um, rooting for her. And it, it happened more than once. I mean, two or three times I can think over those competition years where his family and my family, I've got a smaller immediate family, but there was just this huge family support and um it, it, it was a family. Re- it was a family reunion that would have never happened, probably. Yeah, right. Mm. Good way to put it. There's always one in a family who's like that can make things happen, and I'm just grateful that Gwen was able to make that happen because family is such an important and family reunions, especially with nine people. That's a lot of people to get together in one place. You know, normally for a family reunion, so I just admire that. What I would like to kind of hit on is, will the Jorgensen family be interested in ever doing a relay? (laughs) I'm not swimming. (laughs) And I I don't know if it's smart to put me in the run leg. This, I mean, we need a strategy, right? Well, you would, you would do the bike. You would do the bike for sure. And mom would probably do the run and I would do the swim. Okay. okay. And let, and let dad, mom wants to do, unless mom's willing to get her hair wet in, in swimming. <laughs> you could breaststroke the whole I way. Breaststroke. <laughs> so it sounds maybe, like. Maybe I could play the national anthem on the piano at the beginning. How's that? Yes. That could work. That's a part of the. So we have to make this happen after the baby <laughs> and, you know, after, you know, some other things. But I would love to see just a relay. Um, I think that would be kind of cool. I mean, we've done this there. I remember Christmases where outside of your house, mom, we would do like relay races and on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you guys, Very- you heard it here, everybody. <laughs> don't worry because I'm going to say it again and Gwen don't cringe, but Gwen's my BFF. So <laughs> I will hold her and make sure that we make this happen. And it's really cool just to see everybody and we'll, you know, have pictures and I'll figure out how to get there and maybe I'll have a relay team of some sort. So we'll make this happen. So you're going down. Oh, <laughs> Elizabeth, you're competitive. I see. Oh, oh yes. Okay. <laughs> You guys heard it here. When it's happening, I'm just going to go ahead and set the date. Um, 2023-2024-ish? My calendar's pretty clear. Bet. (laughs) Say less. Say less. (laughs) Uh, This has been so good. I really um, just appreciate the candor, the, the liveliness, and just the truthfulness. What is it do you want to... Um, just encourage others as a family and how they can support their athletes, even when they don't know how to support. Because a lot of times families don't know how to support their loved ones when they're doing sports that they don't know much about. And I know, uh, Nancy, you didn't know much about triathlons, but you did your best. So can you share a little bit and just kind of encourage the audience for people who may not have family structures like you all who can like support their um, athletes as they're doing something that's unique and just not traditional? You know, I think, I just think it's so important to take your cue from the athlete themselves. And instead of, you know, when we were following Gwen to a race or um, staying in the same hotel with her, I tried to take my cue from her and figure out what she needed. And sometimes that was just a direct question, like, Gwen, what can we do to help you? And she would say, well, I really need some some bottled water. Could you go to the store and get it? Um, Or sometimes the cues were a little more subtle than that. And I could just tell from knowing her that she needed time alone. And she might not say, I need you out of my room so I can have some alone time. But I I knew her well enough um, to pick up on some of those cues. And I think it's just a matter of listening and being sensitive and and not... um, not putting your own desires onto the athlete, but figuring out what the athlete needs. That feels good to my heart. I think that's, that, that works. Now, what would you say, um, Elizabeth and Gwen? You know, yeah, I, I just, think, Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to echo what mom said, like whatever Gwen wanted, I would just ask. And I was, I saw some Snapchat memories come up today. I don't know if I sent them to you. I don't know if you saw them, but we were watching Stan when Gwen was at a race and just little things like, yes, it was wonderful to spend time with my nephew. And, you know, selfishly, we got to bond and make these cute little videos. But I think also then we're helping the athlete in that she didn't have, there was one less thing on her plate at that time. Yeah. And I think, you know, Elizabeth would sometimes do stuff that I didn't always, uh, ask to do, but I thought we're very appreciative, like make the signs or make t-shirts. Like I'm somebody who's not very outgoing and I don't want my face planted on somebody's t-shirt walking around. But I think, you know, it brought like in those instances when we had these family reunion races, it brought the whole family together and it was something that was unique. And going back to what mom said, you know, I take a lot of my cues in, in raising my son, children soon. Um, with how she did sports with us, which is not pushing um, and and taking the cues from the kid and, you know, not not being the coach. I'm, I'm their mom. I'm not their coach. 
and just being supportive. And, you know, a lot of times after races, I would, especially when I was younger, I would be cranky and mom and dad and Elizabeth would try to say good job. And I would just be like, Oh, it's not a good job. And, you know, they, they kind of knew that I just needed some time to reflect and I didn't want to talk about the race right then. And they always gave that to me. And as not only an athlete, but a person, I think that really allowed me to grow and, and to figure out how to become my own athlete and, and how to pursue it in a manner that made sense to me. There was a moment when you were talking, Gwen, and uh, it was as if you were reliving a bad dream of having your face plastered on a t-shirt. People <laughs> yeah, love I- those t-shirts, okay? <laughs> Still wear them. Our cousin just got married and to his rehearsal dinner, he wore a shirt with oh. Gwen on it. <laughs> oh, that's awful. <laughs> I could feel, I mean, cause you were specific and I was like, Ooh, and then I saw Elizabeth make a face and I was like, Ooh, I, I could feel that, but that's true. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, when you think about the future and you're welcoming in, do you know the sex of your baby already? We don't. It's going to be a surprise. Huh. I, was, I was like, I don't recall seeing it on any of the social posts. But as we think about the future of uh, now being a mom of two, how do you think your needs for support will change with your family? Because you're still going after another goal. So what do you think that will look like? Yeah, it's changed a lot. You know, with Stanley, our first, my husband didn't have a job. And I really, before having any children, I really felt like if you're going to have children, you need to be with them 24 seven, you shouldn't have help. And my thoughts have really, since having a kid, I've realized I'm a better person. I'm a better mom, if I can have some time to myself. And so, you know, this time around, we're going to need to have some help. Um, Last time, Stanley didn't go to any daycare, you know, no family was in town, We, we didn't have help for until he was three years old. And this time, we're well aware that uh, we can be happier and be better parents if we do have some help. So that's going to change a little bit. And um, Stanley's super excited to, to have a, a sibling. And I, I think it'll be really good for him as well. You know, he's had five years of being an only child, so it'll be a shock, but, um, it's something that we've always wanted to have a big family and we have this big gap in age, so we don't really know what will happen, but Stanley has really shown since we've told him about being pregnant, he's, you know, really taken an interest in, in babies and, and wanting to take care of them. So I'm excited to, to see that. That's good. Is he still wanting to ride his bike to school? Oh, yes. And it's actually nine kilometers away. So he rides every morning. Um, It's like a 45 minute ride and he's getting good. He has way too many bikes. There's a, I guess if you have to, if you're going to be uh, in our household, you have to have too many bikes. That's a, that's a rule, I guess, of ours. But um, yeah, he's been loving his bike and um, is very active and has uh, a lot of energy. Does he use gears on the bike yet? He, he does now. Yes. He, this year when he turned, well, at, at Christmas. So like a year ago, he got his first gear bike and he is using them now. Yeah. He understands. Oh yeah. Wow. I mean, but he, he can ride, he, no, he can ride no handed, which is insane. I saw I'm that. Like, I told Pat, I was scared. I, yes. I, that was unbelievable. <laughs> 
this is it's, I try to is... I try to I get a lot of my nervousness from my mom and I, I see Stanley do these things like exploring on the bike trying to ride no handed and I just want to scream get your hands on the handlebar I don't want you to fall <laughs> and that comes from my mom but I, I try to come back in and remember as well what my mom taught me which is he's his own person and if he wants to do this he's learning it in a safe environment and and just trying to get myself to calm down <laughs> and you broke your arm once so <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> love it we haven't talked much about what it was like getting you to rio and what that was like as a family and i want to touch on that just a little bit before we uh wrap up what was that like for everyone um, you know, I, I think we had the luxury of knowing she was going to Rio for the 2016 Olympics a full year ahead. She, um, you know, she qualified in 2015 and we had a full year to kind of prepare. And, and I thought about other athletes who they might not know until two weeks before. Um, and then it's this big rush, you know, to make the plane reservations and decide if you, you know, if you really are going to go and find accommodations. And um, so I, I just feel like we, we kind of enjoyed the buildup and anticipate, you know, a lot of, they say that um, a lot of the um, enjoyment of something is in the anticipation and in the planning. And so we had a whole year of just kind of enjoying it, but also, but also worrying about what's <laughs> going to happen. I do think as well, though, like, you know, for four years I was living abroad and my family was super supportive of me being gone 10 months of the year and not being able to travel back if somebody had a wedding or, um, you know, it, it wasn't that long ago, but it kind of was like, I didn't have cell service. And so like, I couldn't really call home. We, especially when we were in Australia, I would pay dollars per minute of internet uses usage. So like making a FaceTime call or a Wi-Fi call was really expensive and something that, you know, I wasn't talking to my sister or my mom every week. And that was just, you know, my, my family supported that. And, you know, they made a purpose, you know, every year to at least come to one abroad race. Well, they'd come for more than one race. They'd stay in Europe for a few weeks and be able to spend some time with me, go to a few races and, and just having that support, I think was, was vital in me being able to pursue that and, and getting to Rio. Okay. That's, uh, that's important. I think, you know, because I do know athletes, I ended up having an opportunity in 2008 to go to Beijing and, um, to be able to support, uh, a, a, a an athlete at that time in 2008. And it was just really exciting. And you're right. Sometimes you don't have enough time to be able to plan and go, but it's really a good, you know, good opportunity to go experience it and to, you know, and to see so many diverse experiences that you have memories for years to come and moments to share around the dinner table and, you know, when you do have family reunions to talk about those moments and it's just like those inside jokes and inside things that you, only you guys will. So I think that is really um, just amazing. And I'm going to ask this. Gwen, when you won gold, how did, and I don't want to say family dynamics change, but how did it change your family's dynamics from the world's perspective and like recognizable in like your, you know, your hometown and things of that nature. 
Yeah, I kind of think that's more a question for mom and Elizabeth. I didn't come home uh, for a while post Olympics, but you know, for me, I'm a very, I'm, I'm a big fish in a very, very tiny little pond. So um, I don't really feel like it, it changed that much, but there's definitely been opportunities in Waukesha where we grew up where, um, you know, people don't know me or I come home and, um, you know, people want to say hi, but how do you feel it's changed Elizabeth and mom? Well, I mean, I think it gave us the opportunity to be able to have a story to write about. Like, I don't think that mom and I would have written one book, much less two about our family, had we not had the material <laughs> to to work with. Um, what are you thinking, mom? Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely true. Um, and it, it gave us a chance to share a story, um, you know, and um, yeah. Okay, I'm going to tell you what I was thinking in my mind. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm thinking Gwen wins gold. And then you fly back home and there's reporters at your doorsteps taking pictures, snap, 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 you know, and wanting to ask questions about what is it like to be the mom, the sister of Gwen Jorgensen? Like, that's kind of what I had in my mind or that's what I was envisioning. No, I tried to get the media to come. And like Gwen said, it just was not a big enough pond. I don't know. They weren't, they weren't biting. <laughs> you know, there, there were some, we were asked to sit for some interviews for some local TV stations, Thanks, but, Mom. um, but it wasn't, um, there wasn't a lot, an, an overly a big amount of attention or, um, I don't know. And, you know, I, yeah. The school gave like a banner um and some signatures and like some of our family when we when I got home from Rio one of my aunts had put on my door a big poster board that said like she did it she won gold and it, some balloons and you know that I think our family just supported it a lot and oh. that was a fun memory and I still have the poster in my basement well and last year there was a summer festival in the downtown area and there was a cardboard cutout life size not actually life size because Gwen's very tall and they don't they <laughs> didn't make the cardboard cutout that tall but um so there it was right in downtown Waukesha and Elizabeth made sure that she asked to have it after after they were done with it so she has that in her basement <laughs> well that's good to me like i just feel like you know you you see things again on television or in TVs and movies. And you're just like, is that real life? What is that really like? Um, but we're proud of you, Gwen. And I am so honored that you have such a supportive family, which I got to meet everyone in person. I didn't know who everyone was at the time. It was just like, hey, oh my gosh, Gwen, it's you. Can I take a picture with you? I was so fangirling, y'all. This was at, um, what was it, the Hall of Fame, uh, USA Triathlon Foundation Hall of Fame dinner, where you were being awarded in the in the uh, in the honoree class because you are now a Hall of Famer for the sport of USA Triathlon. So congratulations on that. And I was just like, oh my gosh, do you mind? And then um, your sister came up, Elizabeth came up, and was like, I'll take your picture. And I was like, really? Because I was just trying to do like the selfie thing, you know, real quick, get in action. And then we ended up taking a picture with all of us. So I have a picture of. Um, mom, Elizabeth, Gwen, and myself. And it's really cute. So I'll be sure to share that with y'all so you guys can see it really happened. And what was <laughs> even more crazy is when Elizabeth reached out to me, I thought it was spam mail. I was like, is this real? 
is Gwen Jorgensen's sister like reaching out to me? And so I had like a whole nother moment because I was just so excited. And I'm grateful that you guys were able to come share your story. Tell us where we can purchase this amazing book. You can get it anywhere books are sold. Um, your local bookstore, your library, um, Amazon. And um, mom and I are also offering to school groups and to sports teams, no fee author talks. So if you've got a swim team and they read the book and then they want to hear from the authors or they have some questions, um, you can just reach out to us via email or via our social media or through our websites and we can coordinate something um, via Zoom or if we're in the area uh, locally. And we also include, um, free of charge to anybody who would like it, an educator guide, a guide for teachers who might want to use it in the classroom. It's got discussion questions and activities and worksheets um, just for kids to, you know, ponder some of the questions and think through what they're reading. Amazing. I will be sure to post all of this in the show notes. So be sure to check out the show notes so that you can have access to where you can purchase their social media handles and all that good stuff. Well, you know, you cannot leave the show without asking if we have a thing called rapid fire. And so we're going to ask you questions. It may not be the ones that we ask uh, triathletes, but we have some questions for you guys. Are you all ready? Are we all answering everyone? I feel like... um, some of them will be specific to okay. you and mom, Elizabeth. So Gwen probably won't need to answer. Like the first one, for example, for, for example. <clears throat> first thing to do while waiting for Gwen to finish. Talk to the person next to you. See where they're from. Okay, that's good. Mom. Um, cover your eyes on the dangerous parts of the bike course. (laughs) That's a fair one too. What is your go-to spectating snack? Popcorn. I'm too nervous to eat. (laughs) Best slash worst thing about being the family of an Olympic or of an Olympic gold medalist. Well, the best thing is all of the perks, the people that I've met, the travels that I've gone on, the merch, the things that I've, you know, (laughs) had given to me. Um, The worst thing is that I do not have an unlimited budget to travel, nor does my work schedule allow me to go to everything that I want to go to. And I don't know how I beat that answer, except to say that just a sense of pride in in Gwen and what she's accomplished and what our family has done to help her accomplish that. Okay. Now, what's your favorite music artist? (laughs) Well, I I I was I have a degree in music and I taught high school choir. So if I told you, you probably wouldn't even recognize who it is i'm just into early music like medieval groups and renaissance groups and i love like anything that's pop music so and i'm a big concert goer so it's very hard for me to choose one but like i'll give you some concerts that i loved and really would recommend if they come to your town see ed sheeran see justin timberlake see carrie underwood this weekend i'm going to see chris stapleton so i'll let you know if i recommend that one as well i am here for that because i love concerts as well Um, let's see what's next. How do you, who or what inspires you? 
Gwen, you're going to take this one? Well, I thought these were all for you. Oh, I thought uh, you were going to no. swoop in and save me. I don't know. <laughs> I always think this one I struggle with as well. But for me, I'm always inspired by my family, you guys. I think that, you know, growing up, Elizabeth, you're very like pulp pop culture, like, you know, everyone. And I feel like you kind of follow those people. And I, I don't necessarily. And so like, to me, I draw my inspiration from those who I see on a daily basis, like working hard and who have inspired me to to go after my dreams. I guess, and- you know, I'm thinking I'm probably driven by goals that I set for myself, um, be those athletic or personal or academic or professional, that that I really do find motivation there. And I find myself inspired by not only my daughters, but kind of that whole generation. Um, 2022 is the 50th anniversary of Title IX, which coincided with the year I graduated from high school. So, you know, my generation just didn't do all these things that their generation is doing. And it, it, it's it's so inspiring. I love it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our rapid fire questions for the Jurgensen family. And because Gwen was on earlier this season, be sure to check out that because you hear about all of her first um, and you can hear her own rapid fire questions that are truly dedicated to try season. Whenever you try, you always win. Thank you all for being with us. Be sure to go out and get the book and remember to like, share, repost, comment, all that good stuff on the Try Beginners Luck website as we continue to grow. My name is Mashonda Shines and we're out. Peace. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win.